Hello and welcome back to the Film Nerd Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Vincent Cook, and uh, after quite a hiatus of two and a half years between episodes two and three, uh, I was motivated recently to start this back up again. Uh, my friend and colleague, Corey Knapp, shout out Corey and Knapp Chatter, uh, recently started a podcast and had me on to chat uh, about a variety of topics and uh, up again uh, with the intent of keeping it this time. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes and uh, hoping, uh, hoping that I can make time uh, this, this time around opposed to 2018 to kind of keep some consistency. Uh, with the ease of Zoom now uh, for recording, especially to get guests on, a little bit more accessible. Uh, my recent purchase of a microphone, hello, hello, also helps as well. Um, I decided I would commit to this, hopefully, at least uh, monthly. Um, if not monthly, then maybe bi-monthly. So, well, bi-monthly would be twice a month, right? Every other month. So we'll see. I'm not sure yet, but I would like to try and do this as, uh, as often as I can here and there. So... Um, as it's something that I really enjoy doing, talking about movies, as uh, I'm sure most of you know who are listening. If you don't know, uh, I, I do enjoy movies quite a bit. Um, I did a couple episodes of this podcast uh, back in 2018, and I believe it was July and August of that year, uh, which are still up on my uh, iTunes podcast account called The Film Nerd Podcast. Uh, you can find those two episodes still there on the Apple Podcast Store and um, as well as on my YouTube channel, which I will be using along with that same podcast account to upload these. That's the plan anyway. Uh, my friend John Horford was graciously the guest on those first two episodes. And then life just kind of came too busy, uh, became too busy. I, I just didn't have a convenient way to make these. Part of it was the editing process, which I will be avoiding uh, mostly this time around. Uh, so you can kind of anticipate... Uh, this being more un uncut and raw, so to speak, uh, with very little in the way of editing, uh, just because of the time consumption uh, involved with ed the editing process. The other challenge, to be frank, was recording guests and getting guests on. Uh, obviously, with Zoom, that's kind of a big solution this time around. I, I, the, the rise of Zoom and um, the fact that I have an account, being a teacher, I do have an account, uh, which makes the convenience of getting people on a little bit um you know there you know, there's more convenience this time around with that more ease so to speak a lot easier uh, my episodes will almost always be completely uncut though so i will will tell you that to save some time for myself uh what can you expect from this podcast um so if you listen to my first two episodes two and a half years ago not sure how many people did i do have about 150 views on youtube of the first episode so that tells me a few people listened. I don't know how many people listened to it on the podcast store for Apple, or uh, I don't think I got it on Google Play, but I did put it up on Apple. Uh, you can expect me talking about movies. Um, that'll be the primary focus, pretty much talking about movies, as you can see with my background here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can tell I, I think I, I like movies just a little bit. Um, I would like to talk about TV shows maybe a little bit, miniseries, limited series as well, anything I watch. Uh, probably music as well. I'd like to discuss music if possible and, you know, maybe some other topics here and there. I, I coach high school football and I'm a big football guy, played college ball, so might might include that in there with guests, uh, depending on the guest. Who knows? We'll see. Um, 
I, I, if you know me, you know I like to talk. A lot of things I like to talk about, but movies is the, will be the number one thing for sure. My biggest hope is to get guests on when I can. Uh, again, uh, that's kind of my plan is to be speaking with people. I already have a few people lined up that would like to chat about, chat about movies that I've reached out to recently. Probably do some solo episodes like this one to give my thoughts on movies or shows that I've watched recently um, that I don't feel like pushing out on social media. If, if you follow me on Letterboxd or Instagram or Twitter or anything like that, I push most of my reviews out through Letterboxd and we'll put them on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, that's just been my main go-to way of discussing my thoughts on movies recently and even some shows. Um, I'll still do some of that, likely not as frequently. Um, with this uh, podcast serving as more of a way to kind of discuss my thoughts on multiple films or, or TV shows at once, so we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, and then again, maybe some music here and there. I have shared my thoughts on some albums the last year um, as well. Uh, speaking of which, I do have a couple films I would like to discuss uh, briefly today for this first episode that I've recently seen and have not put out any reviews on, uh, at least formally on, on my social media accounts. Um, the first few films I would like to discuss here briefly, kind of kind of do a little quick quick uh, thoughts on all of these. Are all the first few are all documentaries, all from 2020. Still working my way through my 2020 watch list. Uh, I I most of the time put my best of the year list out in April or May. Probably wound up being closer to May because I do still have quite a few left to watch. Um, and it's right now just a matter of in between work. Um, and taking care of a, a little one with my wife and another one on the way that I'll find time to finish up my watch list. So we'll see. I, I've, I'm plugging away here and there when I have time to do it. Um, but a few that I watched recently uh, from 20, my 2020 list, uh, I got I got four documentaries here that I, I managed to see recently. Uh, time on Amazon Prime, Boys State on Apple TV+, Crip Camp on Netflix, and The Death of Dick Johnson, also on Netflix. All four of those are, are 2020 documentaries um, in terms of their, uh, I don't know if any of them managed to get a, th a formal theatrical release, whether limited or wide. I haven't had a chance to look, look on that. But in terms of their American streaming release, it was all 2020, which that's most of the way people are con consumed films in 2020, obviously, was through streaming services. Um, so all, all four of them have received some sort of buzz, significant buzz uh, from awards, especially um, Boys State and Crip Camp is receiving a lot of buzz at the Oscars, so that's why I checked them all out. Boys State and Crip Camp are my two favorites of those four. Uh, Dick, Death of Dick Johnson is my least favorite, which may surprise some people if you've seen that one. A lot of people have spoken very highly of the death of Dick Johnson um, said a lot of great things about it. Unfortunately, the death of Dick Johnson, which is a documentary, a, a filmmaker um, made, and she made uh, the documentary, um, keeping in mind uh, that it's it's a comedy drama kind of documentary. The, the filmmaker's name is Kirsten Johnson. She's done a lot of work over the years, uh, mostly on documentaries. Um, this is one of the few that she's managed to direct, and it is about her father. Her father's name is Dick Johnson. Her name is Kirsten Johnson. Um, and it's about her father who is um, is actually dying, and they they find all these inventive and creative ways um, to fake kill him. And it is kind of a dark humor and an interesting concept, and it, it visually it is a very interesting documentary. Um, 
and I did enjoy that aspect of it, but, but unfortunately it didn't really connect with me. Um, so that one I would, I would recommend checking The Death of Dick Johnson out, um, but again, unfortunately didn't love that one as much as most people have. Um, the next one that I didn't love as much as, again, most people have, but I did enjoy quite a bit is Time on Amazon Prime. Um, this documentary uh, is very short. It was actually originally, I read, um, it's from director Garrett Bradley. It was originally supposed to be a short documentary, um, not feature length. It, they did end up manage to push it to almost 80 minutes, so it is very short. Uh, before the credits roll, it does not hit 80 minutes before the credits. Um, but it, it does manage to be feature length um, because of archival footage. The director was going to make a documentary about this situation. Um, and, and essentially the situation is a, 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 a wife is fighting for the release of her husband um, from prison. He, had been, he was sentenced to prison for 60 years, um, I believe in the 90s, off the top of my head. Um, I believe it was the 90s, and he ends up serving 20 years of a 60-year sentence um, just simply for armed robbery, um, and she is fighting or in, at, this, you know, at the moment of the documentary in the present tense. He's been in prison for 20 years, and his sentence is a maximum of 60, so she's fighting to get him out. Uh, she served time as well. She was part of the armed robbery uh, as... Um, she, she gets conspiracy for armed robbery, I believe. She was not involved in the actual armed robbery. She helped plan it and helped drive him there. Uh, but she uh, gets uh, out early from prison because she's pregnant and has kids. Um, so they do allow her out early. So she spends 20 years of her life fighting to get her husband out. Um, now, I... My biggest issue is is the fact that they did commit the crime. Um, the documentary has a great message on the issues, obviously, with the prison system in the United States that has been at the forefront of a lot of conversations um, and a lot of socially aware films and documentaries recently. Thirteenth uh, is a is a documentary I've preached and praise to a lot of people to watch. Uh, I believe it's still on Netflix. 13th is a phenomenal documentary on this topic. Um, my only issue with this documentary is it's it's in this, this vein, in this conversation about how people of color are untreated fairly in the justice system, and that is definitely true in this documentary. Um, but the biggest problem with the argument for me in this one is that they did commit the crime. They were convicted of armed robbery. Um, now, I don't agree with 60 years. No one was hurt in the crime, no one was hurt, no one was injured, no one was killed. Um, it, it was simple. That was, I think, one of the only. I think he was only charged with three things. It was like armed robbery, conspiracy for armed robbery, and some sort of a weapons charge. And uh, they had no, to my knowledge, if I remember, they had no priors. Um, they were just uh, hurting for money, and you know they they made a horrible choice to make some money, and um, essentially. Uh, the argument is that 60 years is extreme uh, and was only because it, they, he was black. And I would tend to agree that you see people, you know, who serve less time for rape and murder. Um, you know, not always, but that seems to be the case, with, especially with white people. So um, I, I see what the documentary is arguing. It's a beautifully shot documentary, cinematography, and it's gorgeous for the... Uh, 
the portions that Garrett Bradley photographed. The archival footage obviously was home footage that he supplements in there. Um, there's also some great music in this documentary um, that I really enjoyed. Um, but again, it's 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 hard for me personally to ha- for this one to quite have the impact on me that I think it was going for. Again, I'm not a person of color. I'm white, um, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I am on the side of the justice system needs serious reform in this country. So, again, I'm kind of split on this one. I think it's a very well-made documentary. It's just, for me, it's its argument is kind of tough for me to completely invest in uh, when the subjects of the documentary did commit the crime that they were convicted of. It's just, I agree that the, the punishment in terms of the way things are handled in the justice system, especially for people of color, needs to change. Um, the next two that I want to talk about are my favorite. And actually, they will, as of right now, these next two documentaries will likely appear on my end-of-the-year list, uh, probably fairly highly, if they don't get bumped out. And they are Boys State and Crip Camp. Boys State, I'll talk about here first. Um, Boys State is on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I would highly recommend checking out Boys State. Um, they, If you don't know what Boys State is, it is a one... Pretty much every state in the United States, to my knowledge, excuse me, participates in this event. I actually participated in Boys State when I was in high school in, in the state of Michigan. Um, this documentary focuses on Boys State in 2018, I believe, in the state of Texas. Um, so it is a, it, from my recollection, um, from my experience at Boys State, there was not nearly this many boys at my Boys State in the state of Michigan, you know, 12, uh, 11 or 12 years ago, whenever I went. Um, compared to Texas, uh, there's, I think there's, uh, nearly 1500 or it's like 1600 boys at this event. Again, if you don't know what boys state is essentially, um, they bring high school students, typically, I think it's incoming seniors, um, to create a small scale state government on their own. Um, they, they build it from the ground up in a week, uh, state government. Uh, not not federal, so it's state government built up from from the ground in a week um, with this group of boys. They split them up into two parties. They do not use Democrat and Republican um, to avoid preconceived notions of those parties and any issues, any baggage that might come with those parties. So what they do, um, I don't remember what we did at Mighty Boys State. I think it was nationalists and federalists, but that's what they do in this documentary is nationalists and federalists, and they get to create their party's platform. Um, their party's policies so that's pretty cool and then they elect their government there's many many positions top to bottom small to big uh, with the governor seat being the biggest Um, the documentary focuses on a handful of certain kids throughout the week who are interviewed intermittently throughout the portions of the documentary Um, Stephen Garza ends up being one of the most significant um, students uh, as well as Renee, um, I can't remember Renee's last name. Uh, both of those students are very memorable, and there's a couple others whose names off the top of my head I can't remember. But Stephen Garza and Renee are the two that definitely stand out. Those two students are phenomenal. Um, it is an incredibly well-made documentary. Um, how they kind of put it together, and you know the folk. It's very fast-paced. Um, the editing is very well done, and it, it, it moves along at a very, very quick pace. It is, If it doesn't sound like something that would be interesting to you in terms of the topic, I would highly recommend um, checking it out anyway, because I'm telling you, it is surprising how entertaining 
the topic like this, they turn it. Um, they manage to, and I'm sure this is true at any boys' state, but but especially in 2018, things are so volatile in this country. It's pretty fascinating to see a lot of the things that are at the forefront of discussions politically in this country come from the mouths of 17-year-olds, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, to see them kind of reflect the country they're living in. That, and um, I think it's very important to see where the country's heading with that generation. Uh, it, it's fascinating to see them, their mindset, their upbringing, their experience, their unique experience such a young age, kind of tackle some of these ideas and, and policies and and things going on in this country. So definitely highly re- recommend Boys State. I, I absolutely love Boys State. Uh, the last documentary I want to talk about here from 2020 that I, I really, really loved is Crip Camp. Uh, Crip Camp is uh, uh, ap- actually produced by Michelle and Barack Obama. It is on Netflix right now. It's another one that's receiving a significant amount of praise and buzz uh, coming coming into the Golden Globes and the Oscars and other uh, uh, major awards, um, at least the ones that you know honor documentaries. Actually, I feel like I should know. I don't think Golden Globes does honor documentaries. I feel like I should know. I don't usually pay attention to Golden Globes because they're kind of a joke. Even the Oscars at this point. I, I was very happy with the Oscars last year, but that's that's a conversation we can have in another episode. Anyway, back to Crip Camp here. Um, Crip Camp is absolutely tremendous. So. It starts out very small and focused in its topic um, about this summer camp called Jened, Camp Jened, um, that that was opened in 1951, uh, ended up closing, unfortunately, in 1977. The documentary focuses on it, its, its origins really in the 50s and 60s, and it's a camp that's entirely for um, campers with disabilities. Even some of the counselors are disabled. Um, there are counselors who are not disabled in, in the documentary and in the, at, that attended the camp as well. Um, but what's so fascinating is it starts very focused on this camp. And it ends up expanding to, to provide context to some of the biggest events um, and biggest civil rights movements in the United States that centered on people with disabilities basically were started um, significantly attended or even led by people who went to this camp um, Judy human who's at the forefront of the ADA the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act um, she was a counselor at this camp um, she was also a leader in the sit-in in San Francisco all things detailed in the documentary um, in the 1970s I believe it was the sit-in in the 1970s at the uh, uh, health education and welfare office at the state level uh, to get national attention um, and it is such a powerful documentary because they follow several of the campers and counselors who are still alive um, some who have unfortunately passed on before the documentary was made they follow them through their lives and basically how their lives change for the better because of how hard these individuals these kids and adults fought through their lives to get some of this legislation Pass so that people with disabilities in this country um, could have equal rights and have the same opportunities, uh, mostly in terms of just getting around. The biggest fight was for public transportation and buildings, um, you know, in terms of elevators and ramps um, to access public transportation and, and any of the architectural 
you know, the buildings and infrastructure in this country was just not handicap accessible, dis- accessible to di- disabled people, people in a wheelchair. Um, and by the end of the documentary, you kind of get to see some of the people who met at the camp um, and were interviewed throughout the documentary as they kind of show some of these events from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even to the 90s um, and how their lives, you know, in the 2000s and 2010s now have changed for the better because of their fight and their struggle. Um, and there's some incredibly powerful moments in terms of uh, the events in some of these people's lives near the end of the documentary that I, you know, I won't try not to to give spoilers here, but um, I really, really love this documentary along with Boys State uh, Crip Camp. It's also directed by um, um, a man who was a was a student camper at uh, um, Camp Jened. Uh, so the director is a former uh, counselor or not counselor, but camper at the camp. And uh, a lot of the documentary focuses on him as well. And uh, he is still alive. And, and so he isn't one that was, you know, it's, he's a, a co-director of the documentary. So he's uh, in, in it a lot, providing context. But Crip Camp, um, subtitled A Disability Revolution on Netflix. Highly, highly recommend checking that one out. Um, so those are some documentaries. And then the last thing before I wrap this episode up is I have some horror films that I have not reviewed formally that I would like to kind of talk about, discuss, uh, recommend. Um, unfortunately, I don't love any of these horror films. They they might not make it on any of my lists. Two of them will probably not make it on the end of my year list. Two of them may end up on the honorable mentions. Um, but I do think they all are worth checking out. Um, they are all small, low-budget, micro-budget films, independent films. Uh, one of them is a foreign film, not foreign language. Um, it's mostly in Eng- English um, with uh, the Sudanese language, which I th- is it just Sudanese, South Sudan, um, in, in one of these horror films. So I'll, actually, I'll talk about that one first. So the first one I want to chat about with you here is called His House. It is on Netflix. Um, it is a South Sudanese and UK co-production, I believe. Um, and it, it, it details a, an escape of a young refugee couple from South Sudan who are struggling to ad- adjust to their new life in England um, as refugees. And what ends up happening is they get put into a refugee home um, and there is some evil uh, that's lurking with them, that has come with them from Sudan, and and it manifests in the house. And without spoiling anything, um, again, while I didn't absolutely love this film, I, I do think very highly of it, and it is one, uh, again, the title is His House. I don't recognize the, the director's name, Remy Weeks, as the director. Um, while I won't probably put this on my end of the year list, it might go into the honorable mentions, the narrative and the character, it's not a very long film, it's a film that I think would benefit from some more, from a, a bit longer running time, fleshing out what's going on a bit more. The narrative and the characters ultimately, to me, feel a bit thin and underdeveloped. I wanted a little bit more in that department. Um, I still very much enjoyed a lot about the movie, the atmosphere, the visuals. There's some very creepy practical effects um, and a very eerie atmosphere that's developed quite nicely. Great music. I did enjoy the music as well. Um, it is a unique perspective. That's why I really wanted to recommend it. Um, you don't often see a horror film about refugees, African refugees in England. I mean, it's just a very unique story and perspective 
that. You, I just I've never heard of a horror film uh, with this topic, so I think it's one that's worth checking out. Again, it's on Netflix. It's not very long. It's less than ninety minutes when the credits roll, uh, so definitely worth your time. Another horror film I would like to recommend. I, I now have three horror films that I would recommend checking out on the uh, social or the uh, streaming uh, um, service called Shutter. So there's a streaming service that uh, that's called Shutter that is essentially for horror only, horror shows and horror movies only. It's actually pretty affordable, um, and I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's got a lot of good stuff on. They're always adding new things. They do a lot of foreign uh, horror films and independent horror films, which I think is very cool on there. So all three of these are 2020 horror releases. His House was also 2020, and all three of these are available on Shutter. You might be able to rent them on VOD elsewhere. I haven't looked into that, but they are all available on Shutter with a streaming account through them. Excuse me. Um, none of these will probably make my end-of-the-year list. Unfortunately, one of them might sneak in as a, I don't know, mention as a guilty pleasure more than anything. I'll talk about that one first, and then is Host. Um, I don't know if any anyone listening has heard of Host. Um, it came out uh, during the pandemic, and it's actually not almost not quite feature length it's uh when the credits roll the credits are very short the film is 56 minutes with credits you know 56 minutes and the credits are not very long so uh to my knowledge i believe feature length is technically to qualify for feature length film i believe it's 45 or 50 minutes i believe i'd have to double check that that uh to be certain so don't quote me on that but this film 56 minutes barely considered a feature length film um, it is made entirely over Zoom. So I'm on Zoom right now. Thank you, Zoom. Shout Zoom. Uh, so pretty unique horror film. It was made in the middle of pandemic, completely on Zoom, very low budget, like micro budget. Like I don't, I'd have to go look up the budget, but to my knowledge, it was made for almost nothing. And to be honest, it is pretty stupid uh, in terms of uh, logic. If you, if you were to think about what's going on, um, <laughs> you, you might be able to, tear apart this movie in terms of its logic for quite a few things which i won't spoil anything but essentially you got a group of friends who in the middle of the 2020 pandemic get together on zoom they're in the middle of, it's, it was during the lockdown um and they decide to hire a medium to hold a seance over zoom and it's entertaining more than anything else. Again, it's pretty stupid. The performances aren't bad. It's it's all no names. I mean, the guy who directed this, Rob Savage, uh, is his name. I have no idea who he is. I'd never heard of him. Um, I'd have to go and look up what else he's done. Um, but and actors, no name actors, at least actors I'm not aware of. Um, so definitely a very micro budget, unknown movie. Um, I enjoyed myself. You know, it was fun. Uh, I gave it a positive rating on Letterboxd just because I did enjoy it. It's very fast-paced. I mean, the movie gets going immediately. There's really nothing in the way of characters or really even story. Um, the movie's purpose is completely just to be entertaining. Very small scale, you know, very focused kind of narrative here uh, with not too much in terms of uh, fluff. Um, so if you're looking for something purely entertaining, it would be a great movie to watch with a group of friends while you're drinking uh, at night. You know, big screen lights out, have the sound on because there is some interesting sound effects that they managed to do over Zoom. Um, but I can't say it's much of a thinker uh, or much of a well-made movie in terms of the script. 
um, in terms of what they accomplish with the budget. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think it's worth checking out. But again, if it makes my list, it would be honorable mentions kind of because of the guilty pleasure more anything. Okay, the last two films I want to talk about are also on Shudder. One of them is a foreign language film. Unfortunately, I've not managed to see a lot of foreign films this year, foreign language movies. I'm working to try and see more. This one is a Spanish film um, in the Spanish language. I believe it is an Argentina, Argentine production, if I remember correctly. Um, without looking it up, I'm just because I'm trying to just kind of knock out some of these quickly. But it is in the Spanish language. I am a Spanish teacher. Hablo espanol. Uh, por eso me gusta espanol mucho. I really like Spanish, so I try to watch as many Spanish films as I can. Um, it, the film is called La Llorona. If you don't know what La Llorona is, La Llorona is a legend in a lot of uh, in Latin American culture that refers to the weeping woman. Um, so that's what La Llorona means. There was a film called The Curse of La Llorona that came out two years ago. It's really terrible. <laughs> Hollywood blockbuster, not blockbuster, but Hollywood studio horror film that's just not good. So this is different from that film. Um, this kind of takes a fan. Oh, it's, ex- um, excuse me, Guatemalan. I, I correct myself. It is a Guatemalan production, Guatemalan film, because it is about Guatemalan uh, history in terms of genocide and political unrest and some horrible things that happened have happened in Guatemala and kind of takes a horror fantasy twist on that, focusing on a former dictator and uh, com- someone who committed some of this gem- genocide. I, I did not look into if I'm sure some of this is based off of some of the real, real horrors that have happened in Guatemala, but in terms of... Uh, the details in the film in terms of the people and events. I'm not sure what there is uh, in terms of true events. Uh, but again, I believe it's kind of based on some of the horrors that have happened. So it's, it's, it's a metaphor. Uh, it's very metaphorical um, in its presentation. Unfortunately, this is a, another very well-made film, but it's just unfortunately one that did not connect with me. I did not find it to be that interesting. Um, I think it's worth checking out just because it is very well made. I did enjoy a lot of the, the camera work, the framing, the blocking, uh, the editing, the, the presentation of the film, um, the atmosphere, um, music, things like that, performances. But the script just didn't connect with me. The characters, the dialogue, the narrative, there just wasn't a lot there that I... I just, I locked on to, you know, uh, unfortunately. So I do think it is a, a good film. I think it's worth checking out if you're looking for a Spanish language film. Um, but again, one I didn't love. Okay, last film here, and then I'm going to wrap things up for my return, episode three return. Uh, Anything for Jackson. Uh, Anything for Jackson might make my honorable mention list, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, this is a huge surprise for a lot of people. Again, it's not one that blew me away. I Going into this, I had heard a lot of buzz about this film. Again, Anything for Jackson is also on Shudder. Um, another very short film, barely an hour and a half when the credits roll. Um, not a topic that is very unique um, in terms of the overall story. Kind of takes elements from a lot of other films, but in terms of its presentation... And some of the details and the way the film is structured and kind of carried out is a bit more unique. And I think the other reason people 
are really buzzing about this one is because it does have some pretty unnerving visuals. Um, the director, this is another kind of unique thing about this film. So again, the name of the film is Anything for Jackson. The director's name is Justin G. Is it Dick? D-Y-C-K? I'm sorry if I pronounced his last name wrong. His entire filmography is made up of like uh, like Hallmark Channel knockoff Christmas films and romance films. Um, and the writer who wrote a lot of these films that he directed also wrote this horror film with him that he directs. So it's a very fascinating kind of, in terms of the context of the production of the film, who, who's making it, who made it, is very interesting. Um, cause this guy, this, the writer and the director have done nothing like this. I mean, I, you'll, you'll, your jaw will drop if you go on IMDB or on Letterboxd and check out these gentlemen, their, their filmographies, um, completely the opposite of what you'd expect for this film. That with that in mind, that's kind of why I think this film has some of the problems that it has, the problems that I have with it. So apparently a lot of people are interpreting some of the silliness in this film as intentional comedy, as an intentional horror comedy. I didn't really see it that way. Um, if the, I'll, I'll have to look more into that. Maybe the director has spoken about it. Maybe he does intend, intend for this to be kind of a horror comedy. I didn't find it funny. I thought it some of the dialogue and the characters in terms of how the performances are done and how... They interact, and some of their choices were just dumb. Um, again, some people are finding it funny, uh, intentionally funny, and, and well done in terms of the blend of horikami. I didn't see it that way. Um, I just felt, felt this film didn't really have any subtlety or nuance to it when it came, again, to some of the characters' choices, the motivations, the dialogue, the plot elements, um, in terms of how the script is structured with that. So what I really enjoyed about this film and why I gave it a fairly fairly positive review um i kind of already mentioned it has to do with some of the horror elements are really well done i was really blown away um it was a weird experience for me as i'm watching because again some of the issues i just mentioned that i had with it uh, i would go from kind of slouched in my chair as i'm watching like ah, why do people love this why because there's a lot of a lot of people in the industry even i've seen on twitter some um horror directors and filmmakers who have praised this film as kind of an unknown small budget, you know, independent film that, um, is kind of like the small horror film of the year. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, some of this stuff is bad or I just don't like it. But then they'll turn around. There's a scene that's like, Whoa, that brought me up out of my chair. I'm like, that was messed up. Um, <laughs> uh, so there is some genuinely disturbing and unnerving imagery and moments in this movie that definitely make it worth checking out. Um, but I think this filmmaker, the, the director and the writer, their previous filmographies, the films they've made, um, kind of re are reflected in this film in terms of its quality. Um, but again, I'm very conflicted. Uh, technically, in terms of how the film's presented, edited, shot, um, there wasn't anything I could nitpick. I could, you know, I could nitpick some things, but nothing egregious that upset me. Um, again, my issues with this film kind of stem from the performances. A lot of, un again, unknown actors who probably haven't done a lot of horror. I didn't look into the backgrounds of some of the actors in the film. They were all 
unknowns to me. I wouldn't recognize any of them. Um, but their performances again uh, wasn't huge on wasn't huge on the delivery of some of the dialogue, some of the content of the dialogue, some of the lines that were written, some of the interactions, motivations, choices wasn't huge on them. Uh, some of them I thought were straight up bad, silly. Um, but again, I'm conflicted because there is some genuinely, really commendable and well done sequences in terms of the horror um, aspects of the film. Really unnerving, creepy stuff. Um, I don't know. Check it out if it sounds like something you're interested. I, I didn't tell you what the film was about yet. Um, so if if this sounds like something you're interested, it's it's a couple, and I don't want to ruin anything because there is some surprises in there, but. Uh, an, an older couple who turns out to be a Satanist couple that's that's not a spoiler that's kind of presented as the very opening of the movie um, they kidnap a pregnant woman so they can use uh, see this is something you could read online but I'd almost recommend going into this unknown I don't know maybe I won't go any further from there um, but let's just say it's a Satanist couple who kidnaps, kidnaps a pregnant woman with some some uh, sinister plans in mind but you kind of feel for them when you find out some things anyway i don't want to sp- I, I think it's a movie that if you go into an unknown because i didn't read anything about it i went into it kind of with an unknown uh mind um but check it out um if you're looking for a small budget horror film uh something different um again well again i kind of already mentioned this it does kind of take some from some other films but um maybe different in terms of from the uh, typical Hollywood schlock that tends to be pretty crappy for in terms of horror films, big budget horror films. Um, but I don't know anything for Jackson. It's on shutter. Um, so that's, that's all I got today in terms of film, uh, films to discuss. Those are a, a, a myriad of documentaries and horror films I've watched recently that I have not over the last mm, probably month, four to five weeks that I have not put anything out on social media about. I did put them on letterbox some small reviews, um, but I thought this would be a good opportunity bringing this my my show back here, my little podcast that I did a couple years ago as an opportunity to kind of talk about some films like that. Um, hope you guys, excuse me, hope you guys enjoyed episode three. Again, episode three relative to episode one and two, which were two and a half years ago. Uh, I'm planning to do another episode fairly soon. I do have some guests lined up, a few people I've reached out to um, that I think would be good. Going to probably bring on some friends here and there. Um, a couple of people I've met over, through the power of the internet as well uh, as a result of a common love in movies that I would like to bring on. So a couple I've reached out to, a couple I want to reach out to. Um, we'll see how that goes. Depends on whether they're willing to or not. Um, be on the lookout. I do want to do a favorite albums of the year list, music albums. I've managed to listen to well like more than 100 albums new music last year because of the pandemic stuck inside you know uh so i listened to a lot of music last year uh, and i logged them logged every album i listened to ranked them um so i am gonna do I, I i love movies but almost as much as movies i love music listen to a lot of different music a lot of weird stuff <laughs> so i'm hoping uh to do a favorite 2020s albums list as well again my movies one probably won't come out till april and may still working through my watch list from 2020 I'm probably going to start watching some 2021 films here soon. Haven't yet have a watch list going. Um, so maybe with some of my guests here, I'll talk about some 2021 films as well. Um, excited to keep this thing going. Hopefully, uh, again, try to find some consistency, whether that be every other month, every month, 
twice a month, it's going to be about finding time. I'm not going to give myself a set schedule. Um, married, my wife is pregnant with our second child. We have a kid who's almost a year old right now. Uh, I work, teacher, I coach. So in the in the meantime, um, you know, I'll uh, still put some stuff on Instagram, Letterbox, Facebook. If anyone reads my stuff on there, uh, I know I'm not not uh, some big followed. Uh, personality there but uh, if you read my stuff i appreciate you reading it if you listen to this episode appreciate you listening uh, hopefully you join me next time uh, again very soon hopefully have an episode out with a guest uh, look forward to doing another episode uh, as soon as i can i hope you'll join me then uh, in the meantime take care thanks for joining and watch a lot of movies <laughs>